Techno 1000. Electronic music, in a sense, is more like cooking. You know, very sensual, tactile. When you put your your hands into loops and beats and uh, and frequencies to create some uh, some music, and I I love that. The first time I heard Autobahn, I thought it was a Californian band singing in German and in, very influenced by the Beach Boys. The Love Parade, you know, for me, it has a direct link with what uh, I tried to to do from the beginning of my uh, of my career. Techno 1000, now it can be told. The podcast from Jürgen Lahmann, direct from Hastings Sound Studios in Berlin. Hello, this is Jürgen Lahmann speaking. This is edition number one of my podcast, Techno 1000, directly from Berlin, from the Hastings Audio Network. Today, we've done one of the biggest icons of electronic music here in the studio. It's Jean-Michel Jarre, who just releases his new album, Equinox Infinity. I've done many interviews with many great artists in my life, but I have a feeling this one is going to be special. It seems to me, Jean-Michel, that Infinity is just an ultimate universal record. It basically fits all sorts of occasions, including christenings and funerals. Can you relate to that sentiment? And what would be your preferred occasion to listen to Infinity? I love this comment, I must say. Uh, particularly the one with the funerals or, or, or any kind of... Uh, uh, important moments in, in, in life, because I, I do think that uh, the with electronic music being mainly instrumental, what's interesting is actually the idea that uh, to let people create their own story or their own movie in their mind, uh, which I think is the most important thing. And I must say with this Equinox Infinity, this is actually what I try to... Uh, for the first time, I think that uh, I'm quite happy with an album I've done, uh, just because actually the record company gave me one extra month after the official deadline. So I, each time, you know, I'm frustrated about the, the fact that I said, I, I listened to, to the recording when it's finished. And I said, I, I did, okay, I should have done this in this way or that way. And then I, I got this extra month to, to adjust what I wanted to, to do. And, uh, and then this, this whole, this whole idea was really to try to create in days where, we are in a zapping mode on YouTube or wherever, but also we are able to to watch all the seasons of Game of Thrones without hardly sleeping for a weekend. I think I love the idea that an album could be like a soundtrack, like a, like a movie. And I, I love your comment about the fact that uh, this music could be uh, universal because it's what I try to do with Equinox Infinity. Cool. Without any doubt, you have been one of the key persons in developing the whole genre of synthesizer music. And that influenced the following generations, disco, electrofunk, techno, house music, acid house. Did you watch and follow these developments? Were there any particular style that did impress you or even influenced you along the way? Yeah, of course. <clears throat> When I started, I was quite in, uh, quite uh, convinced that the 21st century would be the century of electronic music. I was convinced when I started that... Uh, Uh, this genre would become major in the in the in, in the in the in the future, and uh, because it was the first time for musicians that we had the the possibility to to think music not only in terms of notes based on solfeggio but but really 
uh, approaching music through sounds and having a kind of organic approach to sounds, you know, which is very strange with electronic music is still today, you have out there some kind of preconceived ideas about the fact that uh, electronic music could be cold or robotic. And I always thought the reverse. I thought it's, it's less, much less intellectual than, uh, or cerebral or abstract than writing uh, on a piece of paper, some notes uh, on a score, and then giving this piece of paper to musicians to play the music you have in your mind. I, I, I love that. I mean, it's, it's, uh, no question about that. But I think that electronic music, in a sense, is m more like cooking. You know, very sensual, tactile. When you put your your hands into loops and beats and uh, and frequencies to create some uh, some music, and I I love that. And I think that uh, uh, all these genres you were talking about, uh, talking about through time. I mean, for me, I I feel much more in phase today probably than I was uh, when I started, where we were all. I was considered as a kind of crazy guy working with the strange machines, even not considered even by by the rock people, uh, for instance, like uh, real instruments. So, so I, I think in in a way, uh, I think all these different subgenres of electronic music are part of the, of my family. Okay, just like you, Kraftwerk are considered pioneers of the movement of electronic music. How do you see their role? Is there any particular track or album that you see as a milestone that uh, you uh, that influenced you as well? Or you know, it's very very interesting with uh, the relationship with Kraftwerk because we we started more or less at the same time on both sides of the French German frontier border, yeah. and uh, it was of course far before the internet, and we had very very little informations about uh, about what everybody was doing. And I must tell you a, a story about that. The first time I heard Autobahn, I thought it was a Californian band singing in German. And in, very influenced by the Beach Boys, and and then I discovered afterwards that they were actually German, and and you know it's it's just to tell you how how little informations we had of 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 each other in the the world of electronic music in those days, and I think of course uh, uh, for me albums such as Autobahn and and, and Radioactivity, I mean uh, being really small less at the same time as Oxygen and was uh, I've been of course a very uh, strong source of inspiration to me. And uh, with the idea also that, uh, and it's an interesting, I think, point, that I would make a difference between the uh, German electronic music and French electronic music uh, at that time, and even later on, and even today. I think they, they uh, with Tangerine Dream or Kraftwerk, they had a quite a cold and robotic approach of, uh, of, of electronic music, like even Tangerine Dream leaving the stage and letting sequences playing playing uh, uh, on their own uh, in a kind of apology of machines where uh, where on on uh, on my side I always had a much more impressionist approach to music which is actually the difference between uh, maybe french creative process and german creative process where uh, i feel from uh, uh, influenced by ravel debussy or you know all this kind of uh, impressionist painting french painting where i mean in days where um, the German uh, bands were very interested by by having this kind of very cool repetition, repetitive approach, I remember in my old days. I mean, first, first, uh, the, my first album. I was obsessed that 
every sequence should be different. Every sound in an, in an album should be not exactly the same as the previous one. I mean, to try to create this kind of soundscape. So it was actually, we, we had this discussion with Edgar Froese when, because I collaborated with, I've, I've been really privileged to collaborate. Uh, with him just be before he passed away was the, the last uh, Tangerine Dream uh, uh, track we we did actually on, on my Electronica project called Zero Gravity and he told me something very very interesting saying you know we we had um, I thought actually they were even started before before me and he said no 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 when you started before us because actually we when we started we were more into prog rock and we went to electronic a little bit later but I mean, having said that, it's a, it's a really, a, a, but we said, we, we shared that this, this idea about the fact that I always had kind of impressionist approach to electronic music, like Air, or like people like Rhon, or even Gesafelstein. I mean, we, even if in a more techno style, we, we have this kind of, um, of, um, different approach, what makes actually German, German art forms, uh, and, and French art forms quite complementary. No, I really like uh, the idea um, that we had like similar developments which have been different in France and in Germany. For us, for example, Yellow and Deutsch-Amerikanische Freundschaft have been very important. Did, did they mean anything to you? Of course. I mean, Yellow has been also a great source of inspiration to me. You know, with this project I developed a few years ago called Electronica, the, the idea was to create to create uh, uh, collaborations and collaborative work with people I admire and linked to the electronic music scene and uh, and uh, uh, who has been uh, have been a, a very important source of inspiration to me and of course yellow is very high in my in, it was very high in my wish list and uh, I think they have uh, you know what is very important to to understand is actually electronic music at the beginning, has nothing to do with uh, America, with jazz, blues, rock. It's a, it's something coming from continental Europe. It's coming from France, Germany, Italy, with uh, uh, the first uh, art of noises in the beginning of 20th century, with the theremin, with Russia. And it's really, really something coming from our heritage from uh, classical music, this long instrumental piece, nothing to do with the, the pop and, and rock concept of... Uh, of the Anglo-Saxon world, even if they, they uh, later on, of, of course, produced a very, very, lots of very interesting artists. But originally, it's really coming from Germany and France, with Stockhausen on one side and Pierre-Henri Pierre Schaeffer on the other side. It's coming there. It's the reason why that the, the German scene, electronic music scene, and the French music scene is so important all over the world uh, today. Yeah, um, I agree totally. But we have one aspect we should talk about. Your music always has been very atmospheric and just beautiful. Techno, uh, the style we like, has had always a dirty industrial approach. It's not really your style of music, but do you enjoy it, the industrial sounds, and do you understand that type of music? Is it Does it play a role for you, maybe as an opposite genre? No, but of course, I, I love it. You know, it took me some time to understand that whatever you do, you are who you are. And, you know, I would dream to be Rammstein. You know, or to be to be a massive attack. You know, but I, I'm myself. And actually, you know, I remember that I met uh, Fellini, the Italian direct, film director, at his end of his life, and he told me something that really made me think and a great source of inspiration. He told me, you know, 
Jean-Michel, I, I always thought for every movie that I was able to, uh, uh, to do a totally different movie. And now looking back, I realized that I always did the same one, whatever I do. And I think it's very true that about the fact that uh, whatever you do, I mean, if you, if you step back, the Beatles, Tarantino, uh, Welbeck, uh, or uh, they all say, or Stanley Kubrick or, or, or Coldplay, they all say, or Kraftwerk, they all tell you the same thing. They all say they're all doing the same song, the same movie, the same novel all over their lives. It's what we call style. And you can escape, whatever you do as an artist, you can't escape from your style if you have one. Electronic music always has been related to the clubs. And I mean, you're along for quite a while in the 60s, in the 70s, in the 80s, in the 90s. Was there ever a time where you enjoyed really clubbing to go out to clubs, to discos? Always. Always. <laughs> <laughs> Still now, I, lo I love it. I mean, it's, it, it all depends on the club and, and the DJ. But, you know, uh, which is behind your question, there is something very important. Um, uh, you know, we today, we uh, not today, but yesterday, I would say, uh, we, we had to, uh, when the emergence of DJs, we suddenly thought that electronic music was only made for dance floor. Which is not the case when you, when you, when you created the love parade. It's actually very, very important to, to, to understand that even techno is not only for dance, dance floor. You know, you always have in all, all, all uh, music genres and mo uh, movements, two sides. One is the hedonist side, which is, I mean, having fun until the morning and in dancing and, and making parties and a more social or maybe darker side, which is the social, the social aspect of it. I mean, the, the techno coming from Detroit is also a kind of, uh, a, a kind of uh, reaction against the, the, the Detroit, uh, I mean, falling apart, the old industrial city just uh, being, uh, 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 I mean, dying. And I think that's, that's something very, very uh, important in electronic music is to check that, uh, to see that actually, you know, you, 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 beyond dance floor, beyond all this, I mean, electronic music is a major genre because also it's linked with technology. It's with, with new technology. As artists of electronic music, we are probably the closest artists today to be aware of, uh, of new technology, of, of artificial intelligence, of, uh, of, um, of the relationship, the difficult uh, situation with technology and, and the relationship with technology, with the internet, with the dark side of the internet. The reason why I did a, a collaboration with uh, Edward Snowden, for instance, it's all, all that because in our world of electronic music, whatever the genre is, we have this kind of privileged, I would say, or close relationship with uh, new technology. And it's what also, uh, the, clubbing world is is all about is actually a reflection of our society these days back in the days um, when we talk about the political aspect uh, were you aware that you had a large following in east germany before the breakdown of the wall uh, you've been released on amiga records which has been like the state record company of the gdr Uh, did you have that in mind? Did you yeah, have, it took, it took me a while to, to realize that actually uh, even in Russia or in some Eastern countries, my, in some countries, my, my albums and my music was even forbidden. I say, what's that? that that's really strange. And I, I heard that in Hungary and Poland that they told me that in Russia. 
and because my my music was symbol of escape, evasion, and freedom, and I couldn't believe it. I said it's it's amazing, and and then it was the same thing with uh, with Pink Floyd. Even if they have words, I mean, it was just this idea that uh, music should be a way to get to get away from the regime and from the from the communism and 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 uh, from the the lack of freedom, and uh, so I I realized that, and I, I must say that I've I've been really. Uh, Felt really honored and privileged to be banned, first of all, in those countries. And, and of course, Eastern, Eastern Germany has always been very special to me because, you know, my, my mother was a, a great figure of the French resistance. And she, I've been raised at a very early age to, to, uh, by her saying that you should make a difference between ideology and the people. And in those days, being, making difference between German people and Nazis. Not the same, and that uh, that's something very important. It was not that that common in France in those days. And then I went to to Berlin at a very early stage, uh, because my cousin was um, heading the um, uh, uh, he was in charge of the food for the for the French army in Berlin. So I went to Eastern East, East Germany through the metro, the the famous station where you could go to East Germany. So I had this this feeling even when I was a teenager uh, and a kid to to uh, the the east berlin feel so it was a big honor and privilege to have later on my music being played in in york in your, in this part of the of your country actually um do you know any artists elect from electronic music from germany nowadays is there anything that interests you is there anybody of course who... lots of people the berlin scene is is very is very big i mean i, I love boys noise i i, I made a ah, collaboration okay. with him uh i i i i love lots lots of different uh, kind of uh, kind of young artists i i really i really i really love i mean uh, the the berlin scene is so so rich all the time and you know we're not saying enough that uh, the electronic music world owes so much to germany Not only in terms of musicians, but you know, if you take all the the, the doors and the sequences we're using all over the world, Pro Tools, Steinberg, Avid, Native Instruments, they're all from Germany originally. And and we know if you if you take away <laughs> the, the German equipment, will be orphans. <laughs> we all we will all have to go back to tape, magnetic tape, you know. Okay. So let's talk about your countrymen. We adore, for example, Laurent Gagnier. We love Daft Punk. We are very interested in what Ed Banger Records is doing. And we watch David Guetta from a safe distance. And actually some more Uh, many more to mention. Do you have any more hints we should watch, uh, which French musicians we should uh, watch uh, and uh, listen to? Yes, you have a lot. Yeah, you have. Um, uh, uh, I love also the dark, the, the darker side of uh, of um, of electronic music. You have two 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 interesting uh, bands. Called. One is Perturbator. Perturbator is a kind of dark, uh, and another other one another one is Carpenter Brute. Ah, okay. Carpenter Brut is uh, heavy, heavily influenced by John Carpenter, um. one one idol of mine, and uh, uh, and they are they are quite uh, they're quite interesting, very dark, very interesting, and uh, I would say that uh, not French, but I've been very interested by. Um, uh, I was I was in uh, Los Angeles last week, and I heard about a, a very interesting artist you should follow. It's called Death Pact. I don't know if you heard about him because he just did five tracks. Very, very interesting. Uh, he's um, actually uh, uh, he's a kind of uh, electronic techno 
Trent Reznor Nine Inch Nails type. Very, very interesting. He's he's very mysterious. You don't know who he is. He, and he's just did five tracks, but he's very interesting. Death Pact. We will definitely check that out. So let's go overground now. We have here, (laughs) you have been always been known for your big concerts and mass spectacles. uh, And you played for more than 1.3 million people. And you made some of the biggest events in the whole wide world. And the only thing we have here in Germany, and I was quite proud to participate a bit, was the Love Parade. The Love Parade, you know, for, for, for me, is a, is a direct, has a direct link with what uh, I, I tried to, to do from the beginning of my, uh, of my career by trying to find other ways to perform electronic music and to share electronic music with uh, with an audience. Uh, I have always been convinced that, uh, you know, the major difference between rock, classical music, jazz, and electronic music is actually when you take an electronic, uh, electric guitar, a clarinet, a violin, these instruments have been, have been conceived and devised for performance. And then we put microphones on them to record them. For electronic instruments, it's the, the opposite. We, we devise and design these instruments in studios and the way, and then we had a major problem to share the, the perform electronic music and put these instruments on stage. So we had to find other ways to share the music, uh, with the audience with, uh, with electronic music. This is the reason why I, at a very early stage, uh, I've been, I think the first one really to, to integrate so much visual in my performances by giant projections and also going outside. I've always been convinced that electronic music, uh, is made more for outside and outdoor situations. And then, that af- after it created, it, it was logical for me that rave as a phenomenon, the, the, the rave phenomenon, uh, um, uh, uh, existed. And then parades such as the Love Parade being the first, the first parade in the world. It has been inspiring for so many countries later on that like we have the techno parade in France now. I mean, it's just, and that, that is actually something also linked with this idea of um, uh, nomadism. The fact that I always considered electronic music like hijacking a place for one night, hijacking a street, a city for, for one day and one night and to, uh, uh, to create music and, 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 and giving energy in the streets. And, uh, and, and for me, that love parade has been very influential for, for lots of reasons. Uh, of what I'm talking about. Uh, some say Lafrey changed a bit the image of Germany as a whole. Berlin was known in former times as yeah the new for the Prussian regime, the Nazi regime, the communist regime. The better part of the century wasted away. And the Lafrey people from Germany and Israel came together from Germany and Poland came together from Germany and France and from all over Europe and all over the world came together and danced together and celebrated a giant party. Did you think that this changed the image of Berlin and whole Germany? Certainly so. And it's a very good point. And thank you for mentioning that because for me, it's something very important in my life. This, this idea that, uh, you know, it's, I've always been a very strong link with Germany. And today my record company intentionally is based in, 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 in Berlin. The, the publishing company representing my work is, is also in Berlin. So I have lots of, um, of link with, uh, with Germany. And I, I've always, 
uh, been touched and moved by, and also coming from my family, as I said, my, my, my mother was, uh, in a deportation camp and she's been a, a great figure in the French resistance. So, so I've, I've been linked with, uh, with Germany and I'd always been really moved by the fact that even today, all your generations are, uh, probably much less arrogant than the French and the British. Uh, the fact that, uh, you are guys, I mean, much more open. I always felt that. And it's very important for, for an outsider to say that to you, uh, in a very friendly way. Uh, much more open, not, not arrogant, no, ar not arrogant. And also because probably you still have unconsciously, unconsciously this kind of guilt and that should stop. And, and because now it's, uh, yeah, it, it was yesterday. And I think the love parade sent that signal saying now we are entering in a different era. Uh, of Germany. And suddenly Love Parade became, on a social and, and philosophical point of view, something that's saying, okay, Berlin and Germany is able to uh, convey the idea of love and not only the, the idea of uh, something darker. Okay. The core idea of the Love Parade was unifying the powers that lie within music and dance, a global message of love and peace, overcoming borders, and uh, set Uh, religions, nations, races, nothing matters. It was just uh, uh, yeah, sheer uh, festival of peace. And is it something you strive for with your music too? Or is it more the collective togetherness or the pure entertainment? When, yes, when, you, you, know, compare, when you compare it to all the works you've done, is it basically the same what Love Parade wanted to do? Or do you have another approach? I think it's. Uh, I think it's. Uh, we, we are we are on the same page. I think that uh, in in my concerts, I always try to, uh, not I mean, giving messages. I always I, I'm not at at ease with these uh, these colleagues of mine and artists, especially in the rock business. I mean, transforming the their perf the stage of their performance into a kind of political platform and giving lessons to the world. I I don't like this, but I think that through our work through our uh, music and and uh, events trying to to share convictions and and messages what what I've done in Israel what I've done in uh, in in Egypt with the, uh, the pyramids what I've done in in the desert of Sahara what I've done actually recently in Riyadh in Saudi Arabia when you know is i mean probably today is the most controversial country Uh, in the world because of what happened recently i think that i'm absolutely against any kind of boycotts i think especially when you have a country having problems or, or, or with freedom and as i said at the beginning of our conversation when you have you should not mix an ideology and the people because otherwise it's a double punishment if on on top of the fact that you you you, you don't you don't uh, uh, people are, can't have the the privilege to have the freedom we have in our countries it's a double punishment it's on top of it they have no music they have no movies they have no, no literature and the, and to go back to the love parade i mean that that is exactly what uh, uh, it was it has it had a kind of social impact and social importance it was not just people just dancing in the street and having fun it had it had uh, it's 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 created this kind of uh, uh, very positive message not only to the youth but also to the world saying hey guys we are we are not what you think we have and also we have to also uh, 
uh, we we are able to express ourselves and also to to allow other people from other countries to come to Germany and uh, expressing themselves. And that was, of course, very important. To me, there are big links between your big live music adventures and the mass-pleasing art installations of Christo and Jean-Claude. Do you see these connections? Yes, of course. I think that, um, uh, you know, I, I always considered, uh, if I was not an, uh, a musician, I would maybe became an architect. And I've always been very interested by... Uh, when I'm not touring, but doing one-offs, such as uh, the one I've, I've done in my life so far, I mean, is, is um, uh, between a concert performance and a like land art installation, like where hijacking one city, hijacking one uh, and, and uh, for one night and transforming the environment for one night uh, is for me very, very important for different reasons. Because actually, you change the environment of of of, uh, of a city forever. Because, for instance, like the, the Love Parade, the Love Parade where 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 the Love Parade went through a street, for instance, that changed the street forever. And it's what I like in a, in a concert by projecting giant images on on a building, for instance, because suddenly it's changing this place forever. And it's what, uh, in that sense, it's what Christo did also. Okay. To conclude this, if money and logistics didn't matter. What event would you like to do in your life as like the biggest thing ever made? <laughs> the one that tops them all. <laughs> On the moon. On the moon. Yeah, all of right. course. That would be a nice idea. I want to see your show on the moon. And that on the dark side, but also on the bright side of the moon. Okay, so yeah, we have to work on that. Maybe Richard Branson can help a bit. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Okay, as a private person, how do you listen to music? How do you choose it? How can we imagine Jean-Michel Jarre listening to music? Do you listen to radio? Do you have people who do a pre-selection for you? Or uh, do you get promo copies sent like DJs? I, I just ask myself, how is how are you listening to music? <laughs> Actually, I, I, I'm not listening to radio that, that much. I used to uh, listen to the radio... Uh, in my car, but I'm not using my car. I'm, I'm using my car much less in, in, in France, except to go to this, to my studio. But most of the time I'm, I'm listening, uh, to music from, uh, from my computer and, uh, having, uh, I'm, I'm sending a lot. So I'm receiving a lot of different music. I'm of, of course, mainly interested in electronic music. I, I receive a lot of things and I'm, I'm very curious, but I must say that also I'm not exclusively uh, uh, listening to electronic music. I, I love all kinds of music. It depends. I, I love to listen to uh, uh, heavy metal, to classical music, to jazz, it, uh, to hip hop. It depends on, on, on the mood, really. And I, I, I hardly, it's one I could say, share with uh, your, your listeners is actually, you know, try to uh, listen to things you're, you're not aware of or you, you don't know about because it's so good for your inspiration and for, for uh, uh, I mean, if you are into uh, techno, let's try jazz or let's try, uh, I don't know, African music or, or, or classical music. I think it's very, 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 because by the end of the day, you know, I mean, good music is good music, whatever the style. That's the best advice. Okay, tell us a little bit of the part of you that isn't a musician. Are you a supporter of a football club, a movie buff, a foodie? 
maybe collect a weird memorabilia. What are your hobbies? What gets you excited? So I um, I love um, I love movies a lot. I mean I I I think I think I I I almost watch one movie or some per per day at night. I love I love movies. I love I, I mean my biggest uh, inspiration source of inspiration have been from uh, uh, from movies. You know I started. Uh, uh, electronic music just around when 2001 uh, Space Odyssey has been released. And uh, I remember that I, I saw this movie seven times every day. Like it's, uh, it's happened to me just once. once, But uh, this movie influenced me so much. So movies is, is, uh, is a lot. I, I, I love also uh, going to uh, art galleries and museums. I, 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 I'm very linked with uh, contemporary art, so I love that. Uh, each time I go to Berlin, I try to watch some galleries or things like this, for instance, uh, everywhere. And uh, otherwise, I, I also, of course, love football. We are, I'm very proud of my country uh, this year, of course. <laughs> that, was and, uh, next, that was my next question. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but I, I must say that I'm a, uh, I'm a big fan of the German team as well. I have big respect from, from the German wow. team. Even if you didn't, you didn't do that well, you, you always do very well. And uh, we are we are we are always uh, afraid of uh, the German team historically in France. It's very funny because talking about football, one second, you know, uh, the the German are always afraid from the Italian. The French are afraid of German. The uh, the Italian are afraid of uh, French. And and it's very funny that uh, actually you have sometimes difficult relationship in in terms of football with some countries, but it's not necessarily the same. It's like a cycle of fear. Yeah, exactly. Cycle of fear. Very well put. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's a very interesting aspect because when we talk about things that unify people, it's music and it's football. Yeah, the reason why we, we are uh, very what close. What else do we have, actually? Yeah. I think music and football, equally where you go in the whole wide world, you can... Even when you have like, uh, uh, you only can three words in a language when you say, yeah, love, that's true. Toby is right. Love is one uh, more. Yeah, but it's uh, it's rare to, to make love in a stadium or you have to be a real <laughs> exhibitionist, you know. <laughs> that, that's for sure. Okay, you've been always interested in the latest technical developments to produce music. And do you still follow the trends, especially artificial intelligence, uh, or do you leave that to, to a younger generation? I know I'm. I I don't have uh, that sense of uh, that sense of time. I'm. I'm. Uh, my 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 next studio album is all about uh, evolution of technology and artificial intelligence. For 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 this album, uh, Equinox Infinity, I started for the first time in my life by by the visuals. You know, for people knowing electronic music, I mean, I I thought this um, cover from Equinox, the first one, is my, one of the most iconic covers of the vinyl era with these strange creatures looking at you yeah. uh, that I was, uh, we were discussing just before this the conversation in the other room. And uh, uh, I said, okay, these creatures, what happened to them later on today? And what would happen to them in 40 years from now? And these watchers, as I call them, for me, are symbolizing the evolution of technology. People 
I mean, the technology learning from, from us, watching us. And uh, of course, this is what our technology is, uh, is doing to us through artificial intelligence. And I'm, I'm very involved with artificial intelligence. I, I, um, and I, I think that, you know, people don't realize that within the next 10 years, robots, artificial intelligence would be able to, uh, to create original music, original movie, movies, original stories for and novels. And uh, that's going to create something very strange for for artists because we we will have to deal with a total new environment with uh, robots and machines able to to uh, uh, to do to music without us. So we have to re- we'll have to reposition ourselves regarding this new situation. But I I, I love that you know I I've always been you know against this idea that our grand grandparents our grandparents our parents. And today, lots of people always say, yesterday was better and tomorrow is going to be worse. If you look back, I mean, the future has always been slightly better. We should not forget that 150 years ago, uh, I mean, we, we were dying at 45 years old, 40 years old. We were losing our teeth probably at 25 and uh, we, we could die from a cold and a flu. So it meant by, by the end, it means that by the end of the day, future has always been better than the past. But now, with artificial intelligence, there is still a big question mark. And this is the reason why I, di- I did this uh, new album with two different covers that mm-hmm. you can have. One is a, one of peaceful and green and blue environment where we could, uh, we could be okay. And the other one is darker and more ap- apocalyptic. And I did this new album as a soundtrack working with both possibilities. Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to ask you. You. <laughs> so, do you think that uh, in our lives we will see that machines will create music on their own that is pleasing us even more than human handmade music? You know, I think that uh, uh, something very interesting happened uh, recently in China. Uh, the world champion of uh, Game of Go which is far more creative than chess, I mean, uh, uh, competed uh, against a computer. And he he won the first game. Then the second game, they were even. And then he lost the third one. And since he lost all of them. So the computer is winning. And then the result of that is actually in the following two years, the the game of Go lost 50% of uh, its interest, 50% less Chinese people are playing the game of Go now. They're not interested anymore. Why? Because the, the, the computer won. The problem is with artificial intelligence. I'm actually convinced that robots will be able to do original music, very interesting music and unexpected music. So my question is, do, does it mean that musicians will stop make, making music and that will become the territory of robots? It's still, still a question mark. One last question. If the NASA will send a rocket to the space with memorabilia of mankind and three audio discs would be in the spaceship and you are the curator, one should be one of your products. Would it be Oxygen or Infinity Equinox? So actually, it's a, it's a, so it's a difficult question for me to answer <laughs> because there, there, there is already some music in space uh, with oxygen because it has been launched when I was involved with the 19, uh, with the Houston concert. There has a lot of things and my yeah. music has been sp- sent or- already. So if it's, if it's something is sent again, 
it would be definitely Equinox Infinity. Okay. And uh, the other two recordings should be of other artists. You are still the curator. Which one would you choose? <laughs> I would choose um, uh, anything from Beethoven and uh, Sketches of Spain from Miles Davis. All right. That's a good choice. By the way, you already mentioned Edward Snowden. So I take it that you are quite a political person. And can you talk about the current political climate in France? I think the political climate in France is the same as, uh, I would say, uh, the same as the, it is in Germany and I would say all over the world. We see, it seems that politicians are not able to handle the situation anymore. It's not their fault. It's not because uh, one is good or better or worse. It's just because the world is evolving so, so much that I think that the whole structure of the way we considered politics so far is coming at an, at an end and we need something else. We thought that uh, with uh, Macron, it would be, and the French president, it would be different. And we, there is a big disappointment in France because actually after one year, we realized that whatever he can do, the structure are still, uh, the structures are still the same. And uh, I think we, we have, as citizens of the world, to think politics in a total different way. We have to, I mean, we, we have to face and to understand that uh, we cannot just give an responsibility to the people we are electing, because actually they are re the reflection, the reflection of our of ourselves. So we, we should, in terms of climate change, in terms of new technology, I, I'm convinced that we, we will be able to survive in the 21st century only if we can evolve in good faith and good intelligence with climate change and nature environment and artificial intelligence. These two elements are very linked together and we are not prepared to that. I mean, it's only through education that we'll be able to solve one of the major problems of the planet that n almost nobody is talking about is demography. I mean, I remember that uh, that uh, uh, a good friend of mine, Commander Cousteau, Jacques Cousteau, told me mm -hmm. one day, uh, he said, you know, until 800 million people, I mean, the earth is made for 800 million people. Until 2 billion people, it's okay. But after 2 billions, we are too many in front of the same fridge. <laughs> and I love this idea because it's absolutely true. And how to, to, uh, to think about uh, uh, unemployment, the problem of migrants, when we'll be... 10 or 11 million, billions. We have to solve that. I mean, I, I've, I, I had this uh, discussion with, uh, with Stephen Hawking. I mean, last year I received, I've been really honored to receive the uh, Stephen Hawking Medal in, in Norway and uh, for art and communication and, and science. And, and, and he was saying something very important. He said, you know, by the end of the 21st century, maybe we'll have to, to, to uh, leave Earth and to going to colonize uh, another planet because it is, it, it's won't, it won't, uh, uh, for, for, because of environment, because of demography, we'll have, we'll have to, to, to go somewhere else. So it means that, you know, we should stop questioning our, uh, I'm talking about in, in, in democracy. I'm not talking about North Korea, but I'm talking about in our, in our, in our countries. We have as, uh, as people from the social uh, society, we have to, to think about thinking politics in a different way. Thinking about, uh, and not having the kind of uh, uh, president becoming a kind of king and, and the kind of uh, people who are waiting uh, or prime minister. We are waiting, we are waiting from Angela and, and Macron and Angela Merkel, everything or from, uh, Trump or from Putin. And, and I think we should really reconsider how 
ruling our countries and 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 with with more involvement of uh, of ourselves of a civil society but in a way it's ironic that there is a second point about demographics on the one hand the earth becomes overpopulated on the other hand you have a big demographic gap in western countries which makes it hard to pay the pensions in the next 20 years yeah i think it's the absurdity of of our system Where, where we we are at the same time we are we are, we know that demography is an issue, and at the same time we are encouraging people having uh, being more and having more children and 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 because in a term, in terms of economy the way it works so it's the reason why I say that we have to to go into a total change and this total change doesn't mean that we should we should not having uh, uh, fun uh, we should just be uh, I mean suddenly uh, not. Uh, uh, Not using technology, not uh, but but actually we, we just have to change our, our our way. For instance, a very very uh, very common idea today is actually tomorrow if we replace energy from petrol to uh, solar energy or some other energies, it will change a lot in terms of how we we are spending energy and wasting energy on 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 the planet for instance but there is a lot of other of other uh, aspects we could really change easily if we if we as citizens as private people changing our mind it's not a matter only because a lot of people could say oh yes but what what can i do you know as one individual okay i can take care of my garbage and all that but it's that it's not going to change everything yes and no I think uh, that um, one of the biggest problems at the moment is the right-wing popularism that is going across all the countries, and that is a big fear, a big uh, threatening to the European idea, for example. And I think, uh, looking back on the days of Love Parade, we had like the conception, which was very naive, that the values of Love Parade, like the togetherness, the peaceful, the absence of racism and uh, the respect and the freedom of creativity that all could be a base for a common living together. We call it once back in the days raving society. Do you think that could be in a way uh, a start for the real society that, that the The dance scene or the rave scene really has an impact to the real society with these values um, to restructure, uh, yeah, the political system. You know, it's it's exactly the same. Uh, uh, it's we are talking about the same thing. I mean, uh, if there is the uh, uh, a rise and 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 uh, uh, increase of um, extreme right ideas, it's because the 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 political system are not answering to our needs and and of course the love parade is a good example of suddenly i mean pe private people individu individuals suddenly wants to send a, a positive message it's what we need and but we wh what we did in a kind of neo hippie innocent way should be done in a more st structured way to say okay how can we can we really Improve the country. I mean, the 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 the, the rise of, the rise of uh, extreme rights is just coming because people are fed up about the fact that we are not doing anything and moving anything because it's not possible. I think that a lot of politicians these days. I mean, you 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 can't say that politicians are just uh, 
uh, bad guys and cynical. I mean, lots of people in politics uh, are, are, are going into politics because they have uh, they have a- ambition to change the world. I mean, lots of of politicians are are good people, but when they when they are in in charge, they realize that whatever they do, working twenty hours twenty hours a day, they may change the change things of one or two percent, and it's not enough. And it's so it's 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 it has to come from us, you know. So true. All right. So I think it was the most brilliant interview. Just, just one, one more okay. one more thing yeah, about okay. Edward Snowden because you 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 just yeah. mentioned that and just just talking about that, you know, it, it, these days, which is very important for us guys about uh, electronic music and all that. I think we because I, I mentioned that, but we we we've been. Why did I? Uh, wanted to 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 collaborate with uh, somebody like uh, Edward Snowden because when he talked when he, when I heard him, he made me think about my mother in a very strange way. You could say why, and because my my mother being as I said a, a great figure in the French Resistance, I've been I've been raised with the fact that we, when ideals or acts are uh, generated by the power in place, some of us we have to stand up, stand stand up against it. And and it's exactly what Edward Snowden did. He he just he just did what he did to to improve his country, not to to be a traitor. We we must never forget that uh, every poli- every political change and social changes have been done against the power in place. The abolition of slavery, the rights the rights of votes for for women. Uh, I mean, even the United States they've been they've been built on on an act of. Uh, what was considered as an act of of treason regarding the king in those days. So you know, it's the reason why that we have to uh, to uh, to encourage this kind of people. I mean, for for me, uh, it was not a modern hero because he, he just told us, "Be careful, guys, about the dark side of of the internet," and and it's very important. And and for us as uh, as part of uh, the te- technological world, it's very very important to to be a kind of go between. Some people in the street and 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 things we can know about uh, about new technology. How many minutes uh, per day do you spend in the internet? If I may ask, <laughs> you know, I think that uh, I I spend uh, I, I I realized recently that I probably spend more time with machine than with human beings. Is the reason why I'm so pleased to talk to you guys. <laughs> okay, thank you. It was <laughs> such a brilliant interview. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for thank all. you likewise. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Originally, we wanted to start our podcast in January 2019, but Jean-Michel Jacques gave us a head start. So watch out on our Facebook page, fb.com, Techno1000, who is coming next to our show. That was an episode of Techno1000, the podcast from Jürgen Lahmann, direct from Hastings Sound Studios in Berlin. Presented by Zebra AudioNet, the podcast company from Zebra Lucian. Techno 1000.